My name is Andrew Browning. I'm an Australian obstetrician gynecologist. I've been a missionary in Africa for about 17 years, but I'm now living back in Australia, but commuting back to Africa to do what I do, uh, which is called fistula surgery. We also run and build a number of obstetric maternity units uh, to deliver women for free. And across our networks at the moment, due to really God's provision through many, many avenues, we're um, delivering for free up to about 15,000 women for free, uh, which is a tremendous blessing for those women. We've saved many, many lives. And what I do is um, treat obstetric fistula, which is a surgical condition due to obstructed labour. Some women, if they can't get to a hospital to have their baby, um, just get stuck in their labour in their village. And the women I've treated have been in labour for you know, sometimes six, seven, even up to 10 days. Um, for example, I've given you the story of one lady we treated today, her name was Katrina. She was only about 20 when she gave birth and she got into obstructive labour in her village with no access to hospitals, no access to midwives or doctors or even pain relief. And she got into obstructive labour, meaning the baby was just too big for it to, to come through her pelvis. So she stayed in labour for four, five, and then even six days. She was unconscious on the sixth day of labour and gave um, birth to a, a then stillborn or a dead child. It took her two get days to regain consciousness. And when she did regain consciousness, she found that she was leaking uncontrollably from her bladder. Because she'd been in labour for so long, the baby's head had been pressed against the bones of her pelvis and all the tissues between the tissues of bladder and birth canal all had its blood supply cut off and all of those tissues died. And I was, so after she delivered her stillborn child, um, those dead tissues came away. She was left with a huge fistula or a hole between the bladder to the outside world. She leaked, she smelled, she was ashamed. Her husband divorced her quite quickly and she um, lived in isolation in a little mud hut on the edge of a village, not even going out uh, to socialise. People would sometimes bring her food uh, for her to survive. She would walk around the market at times, but um, very rarely, uh, just being too ashamed to go and socialise with anybody. That was actually over 50 years ago that that happened. She thinks, Katrina thinks she's about 75 now. And she actually got some money. She saved up money by begging and went to five different hospitals to be operated on over those 55 years. And she still wasn't cured. She was still leaking uncontrollably. She'd given up all hope. She thought she'd just live her last few years in isolation. But um, our outreach workers found her in her little village. Uh, that was, this was last October. And there was a, a village about six hours drive away from the hospital where I'm sitting at the moment. They brought her to us and we operated on her and she was cured. She just was absolutely delighted, giving thanks to God for after 55 years of being ashamed uh, to now being dry, not leaking urine. And she was rushing home to, um, to uh, just rejoin her community as a, as a dignified woman again, which we're very thankful for. But I mean, life in Tanzania and many other places around Africa is tough. She, um, we paid for her bus trip to go home. But when she was stepping off the bus, uh, she fell over and uh, actually broke her hip. Uh, poor thing. So she limped home and uh, was still living in isolation, struggling to look after herself uh, with a broken hip. And that was three months ago. Our outreach workers found her and um, so doing a follow-up 
a visit to her village to see how she was going and found her in this barely walking state with um, you know, makeshift crutches. And so she's back with us again. Uh, she's very delighted to be back in the hospital with all sorts of other patients that have been through similar experiences. She's now in traction. We don't have hip replacements or those sort of things where we are in Tanzania. So we're using the old tried and true method of fixing a hip. And um, so she's in traction and she's getting better. And she's absolutely, absolutely full of joy and just delighted, smiling and laughing and joking with everyone. She's looking forward to getting better, getting mobile and uh, getting back to her village and hopefully stepping off that bus a bit more carefully next time. So that's um, one of the stories from today. I've got so many stories just from even today. I've been here for two weeks now. Um, and you know, it's been God's blessing to be able to be here. The day started at half past six this morning of a, an obstetric emergency. A lady was rushed in, uh, a very poor lady from the village who was giving birth and the umbilical cord had been delivered, which is very life-threatening for the baby. The baby can die, uh, well, actually within minutes, but we've got a wonderfully trained midwife staff here and the midwife on duty did exactly the, the right things to do to save the baby's life. Our on-call doctor was called and rushed in and gave a, did an emergency operation, the anaesthetist, rushed in as well and uh, we had a live baby and that's how we started the day and um, then on with Katrina and our 75 year old lady and other fistula patients operated today as well. Another story from today is a lady called well actually operated on her um, yesterday and today was her first dry day in 25 years. Erica is now about 40 something she doesn't know her age but uh, 25 years ago she was giving birth and again, obstructed labor, four-day labor, uh, child died. She delivered a stillborn child and leaking uncontrollably from her bladder. She had absolutely dreadful injuries. Her whole birth canal was destroyed, uh, much of her urethra and quite a lot of her bladder as well. She, um, remarkably, her husband uh, stayed with her. Uh, and she wasn't divorced, wasn't alone, and she actually became pregnant two more times and had caesarean sections at a, a nearby hospital that she got to next time and had two live children, uh, which is a real blessing to her. But um, her fistula was considered inoperable um, by a number of people that she visited, and so she was never given a chance to, to be dry. Unfortunately, about um, uh, five or six years ago, her husband died of HIV and uh, she got HIV as well, poor thing. And so she um, well, didn't know this. And uh, we saw her uh, last year, uh, beginning of last year, actually, in 2021, and diagnosed that. And, and she was far too sick from HIV to be able to, to operate. And she actually had another medical condition. She had a huge spleen, um, which is a part of the immune system in, in your tummy and uh, had grown to be about the size of a pregnant uterus. Uh, so it was a huge, and she was emaciated um, because of this and also because of the HIV. And the spleen consumes your, some of your blood cells. Um, they're called platelets and they help your blood clot. So even taking a blood test from us, she would bleed for a, at least an hour just from taking a blood test. So it was impossible to operate. So we could do, all we could do was pray for her at that stage and start to manage her HIV, um, but it was impossible to operate with this, this big spleen. But we had a wonderful surgical, surgical colleague uh, in a partner hospital next to us, and uh, he very bravely removed her spleen after we stabilised her HIV. She needed a lot of blood transfusions. We thank you for all the people that tainted her blood to, to get her through that operation. But now you wouldn't be able to recognize her. Uh, she's put on weight. Um, that pregnant 
tummy full of spleen is, is gone and she's feeling much happier and we operated on her uh, yesterday and um, the operation was very difficult so it was a very extensive operating to be done um, but we got the fistula closed and we're just praying that she will be cured but she had her first dry night in 25 years last night she was walking around the hospital just all beaming and, and delighted this morning I mean when we saw her a year ago we thought oh my goodness this lady hasn't got long for this world but um, thankfully God's blessed her with a bit more time and uh, now she's probably got a bit more time being dry, for which we're very grateful. Yeah, so I've just got two more days in Tanzania, and God willing, I'll be off to Juba in South Sudan on Saturday for another week of operating. There's another about 30 fistula ladies waiting there, and then after that to Ethiopia uh, for more fistula surgery. And, of course, we um, do this as the, the body of Christ. I mean, we, as it says in 1 John, um, we love because God first loved us, and it's God's compassion and love for us and acceptance of um, us as Christians, as me as a Christian, that's um, after I committed my life to Christ, maybe I'm full of compassion and love for these most impoverished of people and God um, sustains me in doing this. And it's remarkable that it's God's body, his church of his people that really does this work as well. So it's not just me, it's a whole body of, of Christ that's um, contributing to this work and with the other hundreds of fistula surgeons around Africa as well, most of them are all Christians. Uh, doing this because they're compelled by God's love for these these broken women. These women are made in God's image and he loves them and we want to see them cured and dignified and restored to his image. And so we share God's love with them in a very real physical way and um, a very real spiritual way by praying with them and telling them of God's love. So thank you for your partnership back in Australia uh, for us to be able to do this, this work. We can only do it with your prayers. Now we've seen remarkable answers to prayer. So please pray for the women like Katrina and Erica as they heal. And um, please pray that they just see that this love and this healing is brought to them because Christ compels it and they in Christ has died for them as well and wants to see them restored. Um, and also, if you're able to, to contribute financially. I mean, it's uh, with our charity, the Barbara May Foundation in Australia. You can look it up on barbaramayfoundation.org. And it just costs around $400 to see a woman like Erica or Katrina cured. And about $200 will enable a woman to deliver safely and freely in one of our hospitals and not get a fistula and not you know, run the risk of other injuries or even dying in pregnancy by having access to safe obstetric care and our doctors and midwives. So thank you. And thank you for your prayers. And uh, please pray for me as I travel off to South Sudan on Saturday.